0: I'm back again amongst nature the trees the trees the birds they just be doing their things you know just growing flying about it's kind of what we're doing aren't we? we're we just peopling about doing some humanship you know go to work yeah obviously that's a lot more Right, i actually got to think of something to say, that's a crazy thing. I press play, and then I'm sort of thrust into chaos, and I'm like, oh God, thoughts, words, but they're coming, they're flowing out, so far, how long, for, who knows, who knows, it's an exciting thing about this, about what this is. So, yeah, something has led you to listen to this. It's reasoning. What, what reasons? I was going to talk some, about something. It wasn't the topic that, you know, I want to talk about Our altered states of consciousness. The, uh, the many rooms, I suppose, in the, the palace of mind. And um, in a way, we sort of, we often don't notice the way that we sort of drift into these different states, you know, like you're daydreaming, for example, you know, you're engaged in some kind of task and then suddenly your mind just wanders and starts thinking about some embarrassing thing you did like three years ago and it just your mind just gets captured by that thought and then sometimes you can sort of create more suffering for yourself by thinking, why do I do this, why do I do that? Or you can have the thought, on, oh, that's pretty funky thoughts, just flop up, you know, and just laugh at yourself. I mean, don't, just don't take yourself seriously. And we also enter altered states, we kind of trip balls when we sleep, basically, you know, that's quite, basically in the state of psychosis for a little bit just weird shit happens and then you wake up your dream avatar dies and you're like oh i'm here this is the real world that was the dream world obviously of course that raises the question is this all a dream who knows who knows i'm pinching myself and uh, i'm still here so obviously I can be certain. But um that is a strange thing. We don't we don't mourn the death of our dream avatar, do we? We uh it's interesting, you know. What if you know what if after we die it's a bit like waking up from a dream, you know, it's just blop you like, oh, this is the real thing, you know. That whole human shit with You know, two eyes, two ears, one nose, all these limbs. That's an interesting thing. We've got two of everything, don't we? Well, not everything, obviously. But, I mean, take the brain, for example, it's bifurcated into these two hemispheres, and we see these two hemispheres throughout all of nature. You know, why? Why? Why exactly do we have that? I don't know. I'm just asking the questions, you know, I'm not answering them. I'm just creating more confusion, more chaos, for everything. Because why have order? It's just boring and predictable. I think, I think, yeah, you need to have like a nice, nice balance between order and chaos, I suppose. But um, I've got a bit sidetracked. Alter states of consciousness. And I've only really talked about dreams and mind wandering. And obviously you've got the uh the uh one well of the most notable examples of psychedelics, you know, those things. You just eat a mushroom and sure enough you're, you know, in some kind of different world. It's the same world but often people tend to report this sense of peering deeper into its reality as though the sort of the world they are acquainted with during a psychedelic experience is more real than real. And I think that sort of, that sense comes from the fact that, I don't know, it's like, someone could, you know, look at a leaf, for example, and in everyday normal life, you know, when we're old, I mean, perhaps when you're kids, you're a child, you'll look at a leaf and they be like, whoa, the, part of life is that you become habituated to just everyday things. You become habituated to trees, noises, your surroundings, such that you don't notice them. You don't notice the uh, the immense complexity that's just in your hand, you know, all these wrinkles. And you can, you know, zoom further in and it's like this never-ending pattern. You know, you can zoom in on your hand and, you know, you can see the skin cells and all sorts of weird shenanigans occurring at the, you know, the, the cellular, the subcellular I cannot pronounce that word for some reason at the moment. You know what I mean. And I suppose in one way you can sort of understand the altered state that you enter on a, a psychedelic experience is it sort of breaks apart the way you are habituated. Um and this is not just in the perceptual manner, the way you're habituated to the, the sensory environment uh, but it's also at a more cognitive level, the way you'll sort of have this habituated thinking patterns, you know these sort of these structures and narratives that your mind constructs for themselves you know I mean and this sort of and I think this sort of effect that points to the real therapeutic use of certain psychedelics in a you know, you know Controlled setting, it sort of it enables the the deconstruction and um, the deconstruction of certain maladaptive ways of thinking. I suppose the ways you're misframing reality. You know, some people might have this sort of cognitive frame. It may not even be explicitly thought to themselves. It could just be this implicit sort of um, frame that you know they need to be doing this or they ought to be doing that um how can I give an example to sort of clarify what I'm trying to say you know some people might have sort of the thought that I don't know I'll use my own example um you know I found I mean psychedelics in general have been used very effectively for treating certain addictions you know in the The 60s, for example, there's a number of studies before they started, you know, criminalising research, which was just fucking stupid. It's really stupid. But there was a lot of um, very interesting data about, you know, ceasing um, cigarette smoking, for example. People, you know, I don't know what the success rate, but it's something absurdly as, like, I don't know, 80 or 90% for some studies that people would have, you know, an LSD experience and then it would help them, you know... Break that kind of habit, you know the way they habituate. Because I mean, addiction is a form of habit, pretty much. It's this sort of this pattern of behaviour that you become ossified into, and you you just you have to smoke. You need to be having something in your hands, for example. It's and it's all very um, yeah. It's I think that's a that's I think that's quite a central aspect I suppose of the psychedelic experience it's in terms of unveiling the habits um, it installs more complexity I suppose because habits they sort of they reduce complexity you know it um, gives you a regular pattern a nice comfortable safe um, re- reflexive thing you know makes you feel like you're In control, I suppose. And, um... And I suppose that's one of the, uh... That's one of the pitfalls that many people can fall into when they... They go into a sort of a psychedelic experience... Um, expecting to be radically in control of everything. As soon as they get the sense that... You know, reality is slipping away from them. You know, it's a... and they try and grasp on which is you know often conceived as the ego kind of trying to cling on to itself re- reassert itself on the world this little voice in your head essentially yeah but you know like i talked about last well, so time i was in the woods you know this voice in your head the subvocal utterances which you know for, i mean for some people it's more of a pervasive presence I say for, for me after I, you know it's always there obviously and sometimes you know say when you're trying to go to sleep you'll suddenly just start thinking and you won't stop thinking you'll be like "Ah, oh, this is great well I'm just going to roll with this you know but I'd say definitely in my own experience and I think I, could, I would probably attribute this to you know just a bit of um, meditation you know I mean to everything really I'd say that I have more longer periods of silence. I suppose where I'm just walking, not really thinking about anything in particular at all. Just, I suppose, just existing, being. And um, and I suppose to tie it back to what I was talking about, one of the pitfalls of people sort of freaking out when they're in this altered state of consciousness where the way they're ambiguating reality, representing it is becoming slowly transformed. It now looks different. I'd say, for me, it's the novelty, which is quite a significant aspect because, you know, you ingest something like LSD or whatever, and suddenly you're sort of, the same body you have, the same, you know, whatever items are in your surrounding, you know, they, you can. I mean, it depends how much you do, obviously, but um, you can still sort of see them for what they are. You're not going to totally, unless you, you know, drop like 25 taps or something, something crazy. If you're into that kind of stuff, you're still, you know, able to look at your hand. And say, oh, this is a hand, but you're you're now viewing your hand, this simple everyday thing that you're so habituated to typically you know often sort of look at your hand I mean I don't but now here I am here I am you're looking at your hand and it's sort of transformed in this different kind of way you know you might begin to notice you know the particular colours and shading the, the way your you know the sort of the wrinkles I suppose isn't it you know, that thing how you can sort of predict someone's life expectancy from the wrinkles on your hand yeah could be true, who knows, who knows really, but I'd say, I mean, even in an everyday sort of sense, you know, you don't have to be tripping balls to notice the, you know, this inherent complexity in just your fingertip, the world in the nail of your hand, and I think this points is just, I mean, just a general sort of aspect of reality, it's just this fractal-like scaling. You know, our sort of, our layer of our human experience of middle-sized, medium-sized objects and things we can grab and touch or whatever. You know, that's our our scale. And obviously you can zoom out, view us from, you know, country-wide scale of, I mean, if you think of like the uh, the photo of like the uh, the, the, the earth at night, um, you can see all the lighting of different countries and whatnot, which is sort of like this zoomed-out perspective of Civilization, I suppose and You can zoom further out view the earth as a part of the solar system view, zoom further out and uh, All that funky stuff and also, you know, take our own individual organism, you know, this we have this fucking body it's pretty pretty funky Pretty funky, but another pretty just mad thing, and uh, especially when you look into like research on the microbiome, um, which you know I think there's been research going on that for a while, but it's quite accelerating recently. But essentially, you know, we have this whole planetary ecosystem residing within our you know digestive tract, with like trillions of microorganisms just. Doing their thing, I suppose. Doing their little, you know, evolutionary battles. You know, finding various niches and uh, our colon. You know, digesting our food. I mean, and there's less, there's more research coming out in psychology about the the way that the uh, the gut-brain axis, the way these microbes sort of have this very strong effect on various aspects of our psychology. You know in contributing to, you know, depression, for example. Inflammation in the gut has been linked to that. And, uh, and they, and and that's, uh, and I suppose we, I mean, I'm not, we all know what we talk about when we have intuitions or like, or you will feel sort of a bodily sensation, um, in a particular situation, you know, say someone just... For some particular reason or another you're sort of put off by someone or you know they for some reason or another there's just something unsettling and it's a very i mean i guess when i've had that feeling you know you can't localize it to a particular spot on your body maybe you know it's a cringy kind of feeling but i'm not saying this is this bodily sensation is what the gut is doing but I'm merely just tangenting on, tangenting? Is that a word, a verb? I don't know, perhaps I'm an inventor. But, um, but our bodily intelligence, I suppose, is, it's, uh, it's an interesting one, because, I mean, take a simple motor action, like the raising of a hand, the raising of two hands, for example, I cannot give you um, propositions, language, words to describe how I know how to do this. I just do it. I have a, you know, you might call it a procedural understanding. Um, in the same way, you know, riding a bike, bicycle, you know, we learned it at some point. You can't give this sort of can't give these words, these instructions you know, some Martian came down and just asked you, you know, how do you raise your arm how do you do that, It's you're just like, well it just just sort of just happens it just happens, and my right arm raises, for some reason my left motor cortex is just you know, firing off some shenanigans and uh, it just happens it just unfolds and um, the scary thing about this is that you can sort of draw this Pull this reasoning to something as rudimentary as a shift of attention, you know, this attention, this feeling of attention, which is like this foregrounding. I've talked about this before this thing that sort of highlights stuff, emphasizes that it emphasizes the particular aspects of your entire experience, your field of experience, subjectivity. But, you know, if I sort of do something as simple as just sort of switch between my two fingers, you know, I don't know why I picked these two fingers, I could have picked those or that, I could have looked, I could have picked anything, but I picked that for some reason. But um, to come to the point, you know, I can do that, I can switch from my left finger to my right finger to my left finger, but I can't give reasons why, it just happens. Um, just happens basically and it's all just happening. It's all just happening. And and to sort of come back to, you know, also states of consciousness, the the main topic I was going to talk about before I went on a nice ramble about stuff. Alter states of consciousness are basically just this kind of exploration of mind. And meditation in the same way is another kind of exploration of mind. And I'll say I mean I'm going to talk more about meditation in future sort of rants. But um, it's interesting. Maybe you can you can. understand a lot of your own life as a sort of exploration of conscious states I suppose you know you put on a new song for example you've never listened to and you're experiencing novelty and you are kind of experiencing novelty and all the time every passing moment which changes it's this new scene it's a new it's a new screen of perception a new frame, maybe. And like often when we get into these sort of these cycles, these ruminative cycles of every day being the same, everything's the same, everything's boring, I think part of that sort of that trap that you can fall into comes from just neglecting the um, what's directly in front of you. I mean, I'm not going to say everything comes from neglecting experience but it is a kind of negligence of the inherent complexity of everything, of your next thought, the next sensation. You know, like that bird, just man's just fucking wilding. I did not predict that, you know. And I think he's telling me to stop, so I am going to stop. Okay. Adios.